Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. This nationally recognized, award-winning podcast is hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. I am your host, Mindy McCulley, Extension Specialist for Instructional Support at the University of Kentucky. Today, my guest is Heather Norman Bergdorf, Extension Specialist for Food and Nutrition. Welcome, Heather. Thanks for having me back. So our topic today is practical steps to a greener kitchen, and we're going to talk about ways to reduce waste. Yes. So more and more people seem to be interested in kind of making their kitchen practices or their cooking practices a little bit more green because they're starting to realize, you know, the choices that we make are impacting the space and the place around and where we live and work and play. Last week, I talked to Natalie Jones, who is our extension specialist for health. And she talked about how people are looking at eco-friendly ways of looking at their health. And so this is just another eco-friendly way of looking at our food and the food that we eat, right? Yeah, yeah. that's a that's a great connection. Um, and I'm looking forward to that episode as well. But the reason we what it seems like people have so much interest in the kitchen is because it tends to be the room that creates the most waste. Like it makes sense that for most people, the largest trash can in their house is in in their kitchen, right? Mm -hmm. So people are just kind of interested in small changes that they can make that not only saves the earth and protects our resources, but also a lot of times means that we're actually saving money as well. So let's start with that food waste. What exactly do you mean by food waste? Great question. And so it's it's a phrase that we're starting to hear a little bit more, but according to the Environmental Protection Agency, food waste is defined as food that has been served but not eaten, uh, spoiled food, or peels and rinds that are considered inedible. So kind of some of that is inevitable, but there are ways that we can kind of reduce food waste when it comes to food that's spoiled or that's not eaten. And it's actually estimated that a quarter of the waste in our landfills is food. And I know this data is a bit dated, but the USDA actually estimated back in 2010 that over 30% of our food supply was wasted. You know, we can do things to kind of make that stat a little bit better. And some people think that actually having you know, food in our landfills isn't necessarily that bad, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. going to decompose or whatever, but it isn't the same as composting or allowing our food to break down naturally. When food goes into that landfill, it's kind of like tying it in a plastic bag to break down. Those nutrients aren't returning to the soil. Um, And instead, as that food rots, it's actually producing methane gas, which is a greenhouse gas, which can Mm -hmm. contribute to changes that we're seeing in climate when we think about wasting food, we need to think about the resources that actually went into producing that food. So not just the land and water used to make that food that's kind of being wasted, but also the fuels that's used to transport, store, keep foods refrigerated and package foods as well. So there's kind of a lot of it that goes into defining what food waste is. And this is not new. I remember when I was young my grandmother separated the food waste from the other waste because the banana peels and the coffee grounds and the the food waste went onto the garden mm-hmm. as opposed to the plastic waste or whatever then went to the to the 
trash, you know, yep. that, and that went to the landfill. And, and that so, would be a great guest to have in the future is someone from ag to come over and kind of talk about composting. That's right. Well. Yeah. And, and um, I know they've done a, a video, maybe we'll link that into the um, yeah. show notes. We can show, share that video about how to do your own home, home composting. That would be great. Anyway, let's go back to our topic. So, <laughs> um, so how can we reduce food waste? So there really are a wide range of things that we can do from some really simple practices that are going to be easier to implement to more involved practices. So I want to start simple because I don't want people to be overwhelmed and I want them to see how just over time, these things can make a difference and be like incorporated into what we do on a daily basis. So first of all, only purchase what you need and take an inventory of what you have on hand before you go to the grocery store. So this isn't the first time that we've told people it's like, make your grocery list, have a plan. Mm -hmm. It's going to reduce impulse purchasing, those types of things. It's just going to simply keep you from buying something you already have on hand, which means it's less likely to go to waste. Mm -hmm. So you might already be doing this and you don't even realize that you're actually taking a step towards reducing food waste in your kitchen. Sure. Another idea kind of tied to that is using what you have in the order that you bought it. So this goes for produce all the way to packaged goods. In this case, it's going to be helpful if we can, you know, read that label language of sell by, best by, and use by because they're kind of confusing, but that's going to help you and guide you in knowing, okay, I have this, I need to use it before these things. Or with your produce, these are more delicate produce items that are going to spoil quicker. So let's use those earlier in the week. Those carrots are going to be okay for a few days in the fridge. So those can wait a little bit. So just kind of learning a little bit about food labels and what order you purchased it and, and how quickly produce spoils is going to help a lot as well. And so maybe apply the same principles that you see them using at the grocery store when they're stocking the shelves, when you get home to your pantry so that you put the things that you purchased most recently Mm -hmm. in the back and the things that you purchased longer time away in the front so that you use them more quickly. And then related to that is to learn how to properly store your fruits and vegetables. So this is going to ensure that they last longer and they're not as likely to spoil quickly apples like to be in the fridge and uh-huh. potatoes and onions don't like to be beside each other in the pantry. Um, right. You know, and tomatoes don't like to be in the sun. There's little things like that. So kind of just understanding the best place to store them is going to extend their shelf life, especially if you're concerned about your fruits and vegetables spoiling before right. you use them. Donate or barter. I know this okay. kind of sounds crazy, but maybe you have, you maybe you grew too, way too many green beans and you need a way to kind of get rid of some, right? So can you share them with the neighbor? Uh, Did you make too much soup? Uh, That's my problem, right? Uh So you always can freeze some back or you could share that with friends and family as well. There's nothing wrong with sharing good food with other folks. And maybe there's opportunities in your community to donate uh, shelf-stable items to those in need. So just kind of think creatively, like if you do have excess of things in your pantry or if you made too much, you know, it might be an opportunity for you to reach out and, and support someone else. So just kind of being creative, getting creative with your leftovers, not being scared of them. (laughs) My husband is great about eating leftovers and it's awesome in our home, but I know that's not the case for a lot of folks. So, you know, another strategy may be just simply cut back on the amount of food that you prepare. Maybe you regularly are making too much and you're unable to eat your leftovers in that kind of recommended window of time, like three to four days. And so Maybe that's a sign that you don't make the entire box of pasta 
then you kind right. of cut back. So that way you're not wasting food that has been prepared, but not eaten. And then another one, this is kind of for folks who want to be a little bit more adventurous, but get creative with the entire food product. So what I mean by this is, did you purchase carrots at the farmer's market that still had their green tops? Instead of just throwing those carrot tops into the trash can, they are great to add to homemade vegetable stock. So even if you just stuck them in a freezer bag and put it in the freezer, and once you had enough veggie scraps, you could use that to make a vegetable stock. You can add them to smoothie. You can cook them. They're edible. You just kind of have to be willing to take that risk and trying uh-huh. something new. But a lot of the, the entire produce item could be used in some way, um, which would reduce some food waste as well. And they're going to add nutrients that you might not normally have yeah. in your diet. So yeah. And that's something bang, bang, that, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm sharing this, but this is certainly something that I could myself do a better job of and, and working towards in my own home. Maybe it's adding those things to a smoothie for my son or something like that. So, and then the last one that I want to mention is embracing imperfections. So yeah. we expect our produce items to look perfect, but oftentimes they can be odd shaped but it has no effect on their nutritional quality or taste. And I'm not talking about rotted food, but like Mm -hmm. that odd shaped sweet potato or an apple that might just be a little bit too small than what you expect to be kind of on the shelf, picture perfect in the grocery store. And that's okay. Those things can still be enjoyed. So kind of Mm -hmm. embrace those imperfections of a produce item that doesn't look perfect, picture perfect. We had an an apple that was oblong and my husband was like, what's wrong with this apple? And I was like, nothing's wrong with the apple. just doesn't look like an apple. I'm sure it tasted just the same. <laughs> it did. Tasted delicious. <laughs> okay. So now let's talk about packaging and plastic waste associated with our food purchases, because I know this is something that I start thinking about more often. You know, every time I open up a package of meat, you know, and I, I yep. see that plastic tray and I'm like, oh my gosh, yep. where is this going? <laughs> lots and lots of packaging. And it's, it's a big issue right now, especially these things that we call single-use plastics. So mm-hmm. disposable plastics that are used once and then thrown away. It could be a plastic water bottle. It could be a plastic baggie. It could be a candy bar wrapper. So many things kind of fall in this category. And if you have young children, if you have toddlers and kids and you are purchasing snacks every single time, you yeah. open snack, it's so hard. I have a toddler myself. It's so hard to think about all that packaging waste that's coming from our food. It's actually estimated that 300 million tons of plastic waste each year ends up in our landfill. And half of that is what we would call the single-use plastics. Now, I have difficulty knowing or envisioning that number. So I did a little digging and that's nearly equivalent to the weight of the entire human population. So that I was like, okay, that is substantial in number to think about (laughs) that is how much waste that we're making just from packaging and plastic waste. Many folks think that reducing our packaging plastic waste Uh could have the largest immediate impact on our environment. So it's great that you're thinking about this because a lot of people are, and there are a lot of ways that we can kind of make a dent. Yeah. So I heard a statistic just the other day that people think that getting rid of their gasoline vehicle is where they're going to make the most impact, but it's not, it's in their packaging. That's where they could make the most impact on the environment. And there are several practical things that we can do that aren't that difficult. Okay. um, Or we'll just take time and kind of developing new habits. Okay. So 
one thing that we did in our house was we started with thinking about what am I throwing away the most? Uh-huh. Maybe for you, it is plastic water bottles. Yes. That's, that's easy, right? You can kind of, re- you can over yes. time practice using a reusable water bottle. So for me, it was packaging for food and snacks to keep a hangry toddler happy, yeah. you know? So like mm-hmm. those types of things. So just take time and think about what do you find yourself going to throw away the most in the trash can? And is there something that I could do to reduce that, to make a change? Mm-hmm. Another huge impact you could quickly make is to reduce your takeout or your fast food consumption right. by just one or two times a week, because there's so much waste in plastic that comes from that meal that was a one-time use. Right. And so that's a small change, even just reducing once or twice a week, also going to save some money Mm -hmm. um, as well in the long run. Can you think creatively about how to replace some of those kitchen or cooking preparation items that we use most frequently? It could be plastic wrap, plastic baggies, plastic leftover containers. What about the plastic bag that you use to put your produce in at the store? maybe you don't need plastic wrap. Maybe you can put a plate over a bowl or lay a towel over a mixing bowl instead of plastic wrap. So just thinking about what you have on hand, could you even just go without or try, just give it a try to go without um, to see if you can make do. Another one is to purchase food items in bulk to reduce plastic packaging. You know, we love convenience, but when we are paying for individually wrapped things, we're actually paying more because we're having to pay for that extra packaging. So a lot of times those types of items tend to be more expensive. A caveat to this is that you want to balance. You don't want to purchase things in bulk if you're not going to use it all because that's going to contribute to food waste, right? Sure. So mm-hmm. you kind of need to think about what are those items that I'm preparing a lot um, or that I'm purchasing a lot that I don't necessarily need to have individual package. Maybe it's oatmeal. Maybe you purchase the entire canister rather than the individual packages, mm-hmm. or maybe it's a child's friendly snack that you could purchase a larger container of it instead of the individual baggies that it may come in. Because again, every single time you're opening up that little package, that's plastic packaging from your food that is going to go into the trash can. And then the last thing that I'll point out, Mindy, is if you need to purchase something plastic for your kitchen or for cooking, could you borrow it from a friend or a neighbor or even purchase secondhand? I know that all of the plastic bowls that I have purchased for my toddler came from a yard sale. I'm nervous to give him a glass bowl or a nice bowl if he's learning how to sit at the table and I don't want him throwing it on the floor. Right. Um, So there's some of those types of things like plastic is just inevitable, but I was able to take that off someone else's hand and hopefully I can pass that on to the next friend that I have that has a little one that's coming along. So just kind of think creatively about, do I need to purchase that new? Could I borrow that from a friend? Do I have, you know, uh, someone else that could donate or trade with me? Just thinking creatively about how we don't always have to just, you know, make a trip to the store and purchase that item. I love this because you've made me think differently. So do we have some other resources that we might want to to talk about um, yes. with regard to food waste? Yeah. So there's a couple of resources that um, I'd like to share about that can, you can get this from your local county extension office. The first one is information about how to read kind of food label language. So I, I mentioned sell by, used by, sure. best by dates, those types of things that can be really confusing. And I know our extension offices have some resources on 
what those terms actually mean, which may be helpful um, in reducing food waste in your home. And then the last thing that I'd like to plug are our Plated Up Kentucky Proud meal plans. And those are meal plans where we have taken three recipes that are Plated Up Kentucky Proud, and we have put together a grocery list in order for you to prepare all three of those recipes. And so in doing so, we're essentially consolidating grocery lists around those recipes so that you know exactly how the ingredients that you need and how much of it. So that's going to reduce waste as well, just because you are preparing two or three recipes that all use lettuce. So if you're purchasing one or two heads of lettuce, you'll be sure that you use all of that lettuce in those recipes. So that might be a creative way for you to get some new recipes into your rotation, as well as reduce food waste in your kitchen. Heather, I think these are all great suggestions for helping us reduce our food waste. And I am glad that we have talked about them today because I have certainly gotten some new ideas and I know that our listeners will as well. Thank you, Mindy. And to our listeners, I hope that you will join us again on Talking Facts. We are available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us.